Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Danielle Henderson sharing her birth story, a birth that was long and required much from her both physically and mentally. But with the support of her birth team, she delivered a healthy baby boy at home. Hello, Danielle. Hello, Shandale. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having us on. Hi. We have two sisters on today. Um, can you guys start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes. So this is Danielle. Um, my immediate family is myself, my husband, and now our son, Jax. He is 10 months now. Um, we've been married almost two years. And then, of course, Jackson's about to turn one. So in terms of my work, I'm a professor of public health and my husband is a personal trainer. So health and wellness are really important to us. Um, that's sort of our immediate family. But then we have our larger family, which we refer to as our village. Um, we're fortunate to have a lot of people live close to us, including my parents, my husband's parents, my grandparents, um, as well as my sister and her family. So that's kind of our larger support network um, and who's really helped us through this process. And this is Shandell. Obviously, we share the same village, but my immediate family is my husband. We've been married for 11 years and we have two children who are almost eight and 10. I am a teacher as well as my husband. So we're very big in the education world and we are excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I love when family can come and share together. It doesn't happen as often. So I look forward to just seeing how this story evolved. Danielle, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? Yes. So um, I knew I was pregnant before I took a pregnancy test. I just, I felt implantation. I just felt like, you know, something is different. And I had already known that I wanted to go down the home birth route um, one reason being I was actually present at um, one of my sister's births. So I saw my nephew's birth in a hospital and it, I mean, it went fine. Um, but I just knew that that environment wasn't for me. So I had always thought, you know, if I ever have the opportunity to have a kid, I would like to have a home birth. So I went down the path of interviewing um, midwives. I interviewed four midwives along with my husband. And then I finally found one who I just felt like I connected to. And after we left, I said, that is who I want to help us through this process. Um, so we started seeing her at about 11 weeks. And um, the visits were very casual. I mean, I was allowed 30 to 60 minutes and really maybe five minutes of that was her examining me. And the rest was just talking about any questions that I had. Um, and I really enjoyed that process. Um, looking back, I was I was nauseous about eight to 14 weeks. I felt the baby kick pretty early, about 12 weeks. I was able to identify um, movement because I went the home birth midwife way. Um, I did see her at um, a birthing center. She had an office there. So I would go to visits at her office, um, but everything was definitely patient-centered and I had a choice. So I did one ultrasound at 20 weeks. Um, I did I did blood work, I did group B strep, I did um, diabetes tests, but otherwise everything was a conversation. So you would ask me, do you want to do this or not? Um, and I would ask questions, you know, to kind of help me formulate my answer, do some research, and then whatever I said, she would go with. So I was really grateful for that experience. And we also built the relationship through um, this process. And by the end, uh, she did a home visit at 35 weeks. I, I really trusted her and I felt like we were prepared for the birth. Um, at that home visit, she checked to make sure that I had everything I needed. You know, she had given me like a detailed list of everything to buy, the supplies I needed for the home birth. I planned to have a water birth. Um, so we were looking forward to that. Um, it was during the pandemic. So I was gratefully working 100% telecommute. So I was working at home and pretty much stayed home, stayed close to home throughout my whole um, pregnancy, which I think was definitely a blessing. Um, I said health is important to us. So I ate as healthy as I could, meaning close to the earth as I could. Um, 
whole real natural foods throughout my pregnancy. And then I also exercised three times a week until 36 weeks about. And then I was also walking a lot. Um, so that was pretty much, I think, yeah, summed up pregnancy. It was, I guess, uneventful in a good way. Um, and then I had really good conversations with my midwife. When you were going through your pregnancy, and like you said, you stayed home for most of that time, did your family quarantine together like as like a little pod or was it literally just you and your household? Um, a mix of both, me and my household, but then yeah, we had our, we had our village and we were all taking the same precautions and the same measures to make sure that we were keeping everyone safe. And did you feel like that place of kind of solitude was helpful to your pregnancy? I do, um, but I'm an introvert, so I feel like I wasn't missing too much. Um, and it was nice to be home and to be able to, you know, get ready for this baby that we were about to bring into the world and kind of not have the distraction of the outside world. So I do think that it worked in my favor to be pregnant during this time. And I know you mentioned that you did have a midwife. What other ways did you guys prepare for your pregnancy and for the birth itself? That's a great question. I read a lot. Um, I read a lot of books. I wanted to take in as much knowledge as I could um, because I felt like if I was going to do this at home, I wanted to be knowledgeable of the process. I wanted to know kind of what to expect. Um, I read a lot of books. Like I said, some of my favorite um, were Hypnobirthing, um, May's Guide to Childbirth, and then also The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding, which I still reference now. Um, because of hypnobirthing, I, well, meditation was already in my practice, but I definitely increased that and tried to just have a lot of moments of calm throughout my day. I'm typically an anxious person, and so I just would take moments to breathe, to feel what's in my body, to feel what's happening, and also to be grateful. I also started to do like positive affirmations um, after reading the hypnobirthing book, just telling myself, you know, I can do this. My body is prepared for this. Um, just, you know, having those daily reminders. I did um, read birth stories, also watched a couple of home birth videos on YouTube. Um, and that was kind of my preparation um, yeah, so I also purchased a book for my husband to read. I think it was called The Birth Partner. Um, he only read a couple of chapters, which I should not probably have expected anything more, but most of his preparation was just um, hearing and, you know, learning based on what I was telling him, which was fine. Um, we also did a private class with a childbirth educator who was connected through our midwife. So um, that was great. And I think that was really helpful for my husband. That was about three hours. And really, we just got to sit down. She walked us through the process, told us what the midwife would do, when to call the midwife, and kind of just walked us through the whole thing that would happen um, once I went into labor. And we got to ask all the questions that we had. And I think that was, like I said, a really important component. Um, I had read a lot, so I feel like I knew a lot of the information, but it was really good information for my husband, Jeff, to hear. I think it's like chapter four of the birth partner that's like, that's it. That's like, it might be two or it's somewhere in the very early part of the book where it's literally like one chapter. Like if you give that to a family, it's like, read this one. Yep. That's yep. it. I usually like highlight it now. That's like, what they need. This is bookmark. <laughs> if you read anything, it's a bookmark. this part. <laughs> that's as far no. as we're going to get. <laughs> Sounds like this is common. <laughs> I think part of it is that, of course, we've talked about before how becoming a parent for the partner that's not birthing um, or carrying the pregnancy it it doesn't begin until the baby shows up and so they are busy thinking of these other things right like how are we going to pay for diapers and what, what is college funds they're like are skipping ahead to other stuff that you know it's important but you're like can we just get through this part <laughs> right Absolutely. And I think it's, yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like I was so like deep into like feeling my body and thinking about the birth and, you know, he was on another planet. Like what's for dinner? I'm not thinking about food. Like I'm wondering how we're going to do this. 
Um, what did prep look like for you? Um, in supporting your sister? I honestly, I've been like laughing to myself this whole time as I listened to her story, which we've talked about many of times, but I truly honestly thought that she was nuts. I love my sister to death, but I was just like, I have two children. I had them in the hospital, very simple births, four hours. Like I got this. So when me and my sister would talk and she'd tell me the books and she'd send me websites and I'm interested in what she's talking about, I was just like honestly confused. Like, I've never been on this side of the world before. Like, what are you talking about? What is a hypnobirth? Okay, you're going to be hypnotized? Like, I really had no clue how to imagine what she was even talking about or how this was supposed to look. I'm like, okay, a home birth, fine. A hypnobirth, what? A water birth? Um... Okay, so I kind of just like step back and let her talk and do her thing and just figure it out. And I'm like, I'm just going to be a passenger along for this ride. And this is going to be a great experience was where my mind was. I'm so glad that you shared that. Um, We talk a lot about like, you know, people really thinking about who they're going to have in their space and um, how, you know, you want to be aware of what type of energy those folks are going to bring in. And a lot of times, um, like that does put a lot of work on the birthing person, but I, I love that you were like introspective about, okay, this seems crazy, but like, I'm not going to interrupt that. It's going to be beautiful because my sister said it's going to be beautiful and I'm just gonna, (laughs) I'm going to roll with it. I'm I'm going to roll with it. Right. Um, she said I rock with you hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I got everybody on exactly. speed dial. Just so you can't get fun. I'm a rock with you hard. But that's so important that, like, as anybody's, you know, supporting someone in their birthing space, that like you take a look at yourself. Like, wh- how am I going to enter yes. that space? It's not mine. Yes. You know, I want to be like there. She for them, was there but, when I had um, my second child and she was in the room with me in the hospital. And that's what I was expecting when she got pregnant. And I was like, okay, we're going to roll this yeah. a different way. Let's do this. But right. I'm going to be confused along <laughs> the way. <laughs> right. Right. So Danielle, walk us through the birth. Okay. So it was a Thursday morning about 930. Um, I had the bloody show. And I said to myself, okay, the baby's coming. I started freaking out a little bit, but then I gathered my thoughts and realized, you know, it could be a while. It could not be a while. I'm really out of control. Let's just move forward. I already had a plan in my head of I am going to move about my normal day as long as I can um, to distract myself and just to, like, get into the right mindset. So I did that. I worked. I came to my home office. I worked. Um, and everything was kind of normal. I was experiencing contractions, but they weren't painful and they were very infrequent until about 2.30. They started to become more regular. And so I said to myself, okay, this is really happening. Let's put my computer away. Let's clean the house. Let's prep for this home birth. Um cleaning the house is something I'm one of those people who like has to have everything clean before I can like focus on what really needs to be done so I was like all right I want my space to feel and look good um because we're doing this at home so that was part of my preparation um we we made dinner at this point I was still I was still okay we made dinner we went for a walk it was during that walk that things started to get a little bit more intense I was having to like stop for the contractions Um, and I was like, okay, this is, this is really happening. Um, and my midwife had previously told me that if I ate, um, drank, went for a walk and took a shower and the contractions continued, it was true labor. So I did all those things and they kept coming. And it was at this point, um, we started, we started timing them. I showered and really prepared to be up all night. Um, I wanted to create a calming environment, so we kind of turned down the lights, diffused some essential oils, turned on some calming music, and I created the environment that I had been imagining throughout pregnancy. And my husband was there with me throughout um, every contraction, but then things started getting intense, and I was really only experiencing back labor. Um, and I was already feeling like this must be progressing really fast. So 
finally, um, it was about 11.30 p.m. We called the midwife because I, my contractions were, you know, five minutes apart, one minute long for an hour. That's what she had told us to do. Like, call me after this happens. So when I called her, she said, why don't you take a bath for 30 minutes and see what happens? At this point, I was already like, this is happening. I've already done everything else on the list. Now you want me to take a bath. So I took a bath for 30 minutes and they kept getting stronger and stronger. Um, and like I said, because of the intensity, I thought labor was speeding right along. So after those 30 minutes, I called her back and I said, okay, like that did not change anything. Things are progressing. And she said, um, okay, I'm on my way. So she arrived about one o'clock in the morning and she was by herself, which I was confused about because we had discussed her bringing an assistant and I thought there would be two midwives, but I was honestly too like focused on what was happening and trying to breathe through the contractions to even ask any questions. Um, and like I said, I was start already starting to be in a lot of pain, all back labor, like around my tailbone, um, but I was trying to remain calm. And sometime in this window, I texted my mom and my sister. Um, I was still in communication with them at this point. They both lived very close, like one three minutes away, one five minutes away. And we had a plan that they would come and wait on my porch because I knew I didn't want them inside. I didn't think they wanted to be inside, but they wanted to be close. Um, so I called and they um, they came and they waited on the porch. What happened then, Shendell? So I went to pick up my mom, um, picked her up when I went to Danielle's and I, we sat on the porch. We had this plan that we had planned out for several months that we were going to have snacks and waters and drinks. We were going to open up her garage and have the mini fridge and the portable AC. And this was going to be amazing. Well, we didn't project this to be at 1230 in the morning. So I like before I left, I grabbed a bottle of water. I told my mom to get her water. I grabbed a granola bar. I went and got her. We sat on the porch. So we're sitting on the porch and we're waiting and we're waiting. We do see the midwife show up. She says hi and goes inside. She kind of looks at us like, what are they doing here? We're, we're just chilling. We're just chilling. Like, that's all we're going to do right now. So she goes inside. We're just hanging out. Like, surprisingly, there were a lot of people walking at midnight. There were people walking their dogs, going for jogs. Like, it was really relaxing for us. So the midwife comes outside. She goes to her car, goes back in, doesn't say a word, comes back outside again, gets something out of her car, goes back inside. Hours go by. I keep looking at my watch, and I'm like, um, Mom, we both got work tomorrow. We need to go to sleep. So at 2 o'clock, we decided to call it a night. I took her home. I went home. I went to bed thinking, when I wake up, I'm going to grab my phone and I'm going to see a picture of my new niece, our nephew, and I went to bed calm and relaxed, but I was 100% wrong, and Danielle, you can continue. <laughs> Yeah, so we all thought it would be quick. My mom and my sister kept telling me. My sister already said both of her labors were four hours. My mom with me was apparently 42 minutes. So they had me thinking, you know, this is going to be quick. Um, and that was not the case. So when Mary, my midwife, arrived, she checked me and she said, yes, you're in labor, but you're only open about this much. And her fingers were literally like a, a, a centimeter <laughs> apart. And I just looked at her like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm already in a lot of pain. I thought I was much further along. But she said um, I felt that way because of the position of my uterus, which was far back and was also tilted. And that's why all the um, pain was in the back. So I was definitely in denial at this point and I kept thinking, she's crazy, it's gonna be fast, like things are going to progress really fast. Um, but that was not the case. And so much so that my midwife actually said, is there a place I can go lay down? And I looked at my husband and I was like, she wants to lay down? What? Um, and she said, it's going to be a long night um, and we all need to get some rest. So she just kind of left us to labor alone. I was able to kind of calm down. I was um, in bed at this point and she went to she went to rest um, and then about 2.30 in the morning, my water broke. So we went to get her. And this is the first time that I got a little scared because there was meconium in my water. And so this was the first time my midwife mentioned the word hospital. Um, 
she's like, oh, there's kind of a lot of meconium in the water. We might have to go to the hospital. So I started panicking. Um, but then I really don't remember why. But for some reason, she decided we could stay home. And I said, okay. And that definitely calmed me down. One reason I chose a home birth is because Honestly, when I even drive to a hospital, get into a hospital parking lot, like I'm anxious, my heart's pounding, and I knew that I just did not want that experience for my birth. And so just hearing her say that word like triggered anxiety in me, but it also, I guess, fueled um, my, my fire, my ambition to make this home birth work and do whatever I needed to do internally to get through it. So finally, I got in the tub, which I was really excited for. I had read all these things about the relief that the water brings, and I did not feel that at all. Um, the only position I could really handle my contractions was on hands and knees. So in between, I was able to kind of relax in the water, but then a contraction would come, and I would literally flip over to my hands and knees and scream. Um, I just felt like nothing was working. Um, but I will say my husband was there with me for every contraction. But then this, I laugh about it now, but I was pissed about it at the time. So he, apparently he was tired. And I looked at him and I was like, okay, well, your body's like not trying to push out a child. But he was, <laughs> he was trying to take a nap, like in between my contractions, try to lay down and close his eyes. And then I would like yell for him to come apply um, counter pressure. And by the time he got there, the contraction was over. And I was like, okay, this is not working. I understand if you're tired, but who, <laughs> who is the focus right now? We all need to get it together. Um, so at this point, uh, Mary started checking in more frequently and she encouraged moving and shifting to speed things along. So she wanted me to move locations, change positions and change positions. I never considered how difficult it would be to move like from the tub to the toilet to the bed while experiencing contractions. Like that's just something that never crossed my mind that it would be hard to move around. I would literally stop in my tracks, like yell for my husband to apply counter pressure, wait out the contraction and then shuffle to the next location. Um, we did that for a while. Like I would go from, you know, the shower to on a, you know, bouncing on a ball to contracting on the toilet. And I absolutely like just hated every part of it. And I was also feeling very, um, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but I just felt like I wasn't experiencing the experience I had imagined. And that, that was making me emotional because I had imagined this calm birth and it was thus far the exact opposite. Um, so my midwife kept reminding me to go to the bathroom during labor. She wanted me to pee and I listened and I tried, but I, I literally couldn't. Um, and at this point, it also seemed that labor was slowing down. And this is when she mentioned we might have to go to the hospital again um, because she had two theories. So one, that my bladder was full, which led to the baby being up, unable to descend. Or her second theory was that I developed a bandle's ring. So she gave me one last try to go to the bathroom. She's like, you have to, you have to go. And I couldn't. So we were basically about to get ready to go to the hospital. And at this point, I felt I felt sad because it wasn't the experience I wanted. I felt embarrassed because I had told everyone about this, you know, magical, the home birth and the tub that I was going to have. And then I was also confused and like curious, like, why is this happening to me? This is like I put in so much work um, and this is just completely different than what I expected. Somehow, magically, my midwife went out to her car again, which she did a lot while she was here. And she came back with a catheter. She was holding it up like, I found this, like I dug it out of nowhere. And I said, okay. Um, so she said she would attempt to drain it, but there were no guarantees. Um, luckily, it worked, but it was not easy to get there. I had to be on my back, which was like the worst place for me to have contractions um, and increase the intensity being on my back, but it worked. She was able to drain my bladder. And later she told me that in her 40 years of practice as a midwife, this was only the second time she had ever had to do that. Um, so even after emptying my bladder, I do think uh, my contractions eased up a little bit, but there still seemed to be an issue with the baby descending. Um, 
I also didn't know if I was having a boy or a girl, not that that's related, but that's why I keep referring to it as the baby. Um, I was, I don't even know what time it was at this point. I was exhausted. I contemplated giving up. I never said that out loud, but I was just thinking like, you know, now I'm thinking, is this worth it? Um, there could be different ways. I'm in so much pain. I am generally, people see me as like a, I'm an introvert. I'm shy. I'm quiet. And I was cursing. I was screaming. I was, I felt like I was just barely making it through each contraction. And we kept moving around from the tub to the toilet, to the shower, to the bed. And I was, I was miserable and I was really having a hard time accepting the birth for what it was. I kept thinking I should be more calm. I should be more Zen. Like this isn't how it was supposed to be. And I really think that that mindset um, was also impacting, you know, my ability to progress. So around 9 a.m., so now it's almost been 24 hours since um, my first sign of labor, the bloody show, my sister returned to the porch again. She only had to work. She's a teacher. It was her last day of school. She only had to go and turn in her keys that morning. So after she did that, she came back to wait on the porch. So... I'm at home and my nine-year-old actually said, can I go with you? And I was like, yeah. So me and her are getting waters and we're getting ready to go over Danielle's house and sit back on the porch. My mom was at work. So I was by myself this day. I didn't have my partner again. And as I'm walking out the door, I looked at my nine-year-old and I said, you know what? I'll come back and get you later. Don't know why I did it, but I'm glad I did. So I leave. I get to Danielle's house. I don't have any snacks this time. Actually, I forgot my water. I brought hot tea instead because it plays a part in the story later. I text Jeff and I said, hey, I'm here. Never heard from him. At about 9.05, I text my mom, who's at work, and I was like, you know what? I can hear her screaming. This baby is coming soon. Like, I'm getting excited. Later, I learned that there were no windows open, so I literally just heard her screaming from the back of the house, and I was in the front. So a little bit later, the door opens. I jump up. I am so excited. Like, I just heard her screaming. Like, I've had a kid. This baby's here. So I get up, and I look. And it's the midwife. And she looks at me and she says, oh, you're back? And I'm like, uh, yeah. I said, how's Danielle? She said, oh, she's good. She goes to her car, goes back in the house. Okay, no answers. So I'm just chilling again on the porch, second round. So then the door opens again. I don't jump up this time because I learned my lesson the first time. It's the midwife. She comes out and she looks at me and she says, do you have a history of blood clots? And I look at her like, what? And then she says, how many children do you have? How were their births? And I'm staring at her like, what does this information have to do with my sister screaming right now? So I answer her questions. She looks at me and she goes back inside. And I continue to sit there and I have no idea what's going on, but I will let Danielle continue. Yeah, so I didn't even know she was outside. At this point, I mean, hours prior, I had completely stopped looking at my phone. But I had gone to a point where I was feeling the urge to push. But Mary kept telling me that it wasn't time yet. But really, with each contraction, I couldn't help it. Like, pushing was my relief. But then she told me that by pushing too early, I was actually causing swelling of my cervix. And she said, you have to hold off. I was screaming, I was exhausted, and I just truly felt like this baby was never coming. Like, I also couldn't feel that it, like, I couldn't feel the baby had descended. I couldn't feel that it was about to come. And these are all things that I thought I would feel because I consider myself to be very in tune with my body. So I was just kind of like, what is happening? Um, So it really got to the point where my midwife was assisting with the descent by like internally holding open my cervix for each contraction and reducing the swelling, which meant I was back on my bed in on my back. The water birth was out the window. My pain was a 15 out of 10. I don't even recall how long we were at this stage. Everything just became a blur. Um, And then finally, finally, she said, "Okay, it's time to push. I was expecting this phase to be quick. Once again, my mom and my sister were both like, two, three pushes, the baby's out. That was not the case. 
I started pushing and I eagerly, I eagerly, this was probably the first time I was excited in a long time. I looked at her and I said, do you see anything? And she looked at me and said, we could be here one and a half to two hours. And really, I was like, wait, what? Um, this is, I felt like the worst thing I had heard in a really long time. So I continued on. I was pushing, you know, moving around, pushing, standing up, laying down on the toilet. When I was, um, I eventually got back to the bed and I was struggling to hold up my legs. Um, they kept cramping. The leg cramps turned out to be like one of the worst parts of the final stages of labor. I was also shaking. I threw up um, and Mary looked at me and she said, because she was still like on the inside holding open my cervix. And she said, you know, we need another person. How do you feel about your sister coming in? And I hesitated. I did not answer her for a couple minutes. And finally, I asked my husband what he thought. And he said, okay. Um, and he went to get her. I was hesitant because I just thought, okay, she has no idea what she's walking into. I told everyone I was having this home water birth. I'm not in the water. I'm screaming like she's never seen me like this. I just felt so vulnerable. Um, but my husband went to get her and that was the end of that decision. And, um, he opened the door and said, do you want to come in? And she came in. So he comes outside to get me and he looks around the corner and I'm expecting him to say the baby's here, but he looks me dead in my eyes and says, we could use your help. I froze and I looked at him and I'm thinking to myself, what? I'm supposed to be on the porch this whole entire time. I'm supposed to be on the porch. I should be with my water and my snacks and the portable heater. And I should be relaxing, waiting to meet my new niece or nephew. So I get up and I think to myself, you know what? They need me to boil some water for the pool. I got this. So I go inside and I'm like, you know what? Let me go to the sink. Like I'm heading to the kitchen and he doesn't, he heads to the bedroom and I'm like, do I follow him? Like no one's told me anything. So I literally take off my shoes, drop my phone, drop my keys, and I follow him into the room to find my sister, not in a pool, not relaxed. I don't think this looks like a hypnobirth. She's on a bed, screaming, in pain, exhausted, zero energy. And I'm just standing there like, okay. This was not part of her plan. This was not part of my plan. I'm not going to look. I'm just going to keep my eyes up at the ceiling and do whatever they need me to do. I have no idea what that is yet, but we will get there. So I go in the room. So sometime in this process, I mean, my sister and my husband are holding my legs. Sometime in the process, I finally found my way with pushing and I don't know what came over me, but I just dug really deep and told myself, like, you have to do this. Like, it's time to meet your baby. I feel like something just sh shifted, switched in my brain, and I got kind of a burst of energy. And then the baby started to crown. Um, so I thought, okay, it's almost here. And then just right as I was getting into my groove, the ring of fire came and I was like, what is this? Um, like totally just threw me off my game. It was burning. My legs were cramping. I don't really know how I got through through that moment. And then also my midwife was stretching me to prevent a tear. She was really big on olive oil. It was like the number one item she wanted me to get on my her, my home birth list. And my sister and I still kind of laugh about the amount of olive oil. The that amount was of olive oil, Danielle, was insane. <laughs> it was like Mary Poppins was in the room and it just, this one bottle just kept producing more and more and more. It was like a never ending bottle of olive oil. It was the craziest thing I have ever seen. I use olive oil and I'm like, the bottle doesn't last that long. But this bottle just kept giving and giving and giving. <laughs> so with all that, um, the baby's head finally came through and then my midwife pulled it out like just like that in one pop. And the next thing I knew, um, it was on my chest. And this was at 1029 in the morning. 
I was I was out of it. My midwife kept saying, talk to your baby, talk to your baby. And then finally, I feel like I caught my breath. I looked down. I saw my baby. I flipped him over because I didn't know what it was. And it was a boy, um, which was exciting. And I started, I mean, I, I calmed down. It was kind of crazy how just like instantly having this baby that I've been growing on my chest, like calm me down. Um, and then my placenta came easily. Um, and then after all that, I'm finally, you know, feel like myself again. My midwife shared that the culprit of the slow descent and the endless pushing was because my baby's arm, it came out up above its head and they were both wrapped around, the cord was wrapped around both of them. Um, and that was probably the cause of the bladder issue as well. So it's a little bit of a blur what happened after that. I know I established breastfeeding. Eventually, I was able to take like a quick shower. My midwife said I was bleeding a normal mount. Um, she pushed on my stomach, which was awful. We eventually did the baby's, um, you know, height and weight. And then one, I think, crazy thing about home birth that I didn't really think about before was that then the midwife just left. So it's only like three hours after I've given birth and my husband and I are left with, she left detailed instructions on how to monitor myself and the baby. But it's like, okay, we just went through this whole process and now we are alone at home with this baby. Um, so that was something to think about on its own in terms of how I was feeling. I was actually having trouble, a little bit of trouble breathing. I just felt like everything in my body was just not in the right place. Like my chest cavity felt empty, but I was pretty sure it was just shifting of organs. Uh, my midwife did keep checking in with me once every hour and she was a little bit concerned about that. So she said, well, I might want you to get checked out. And I said, mm, I don't think it's that serious. But anyway, my mom's a medical provider. So I'll have her come over and she did my vitals and it was fine. Um, we did that a few times. So my midwife remained in constant communication for the first, I'd say 48 hours, even though she was gone about three hours after um, he was gone. So yeah, later that day, my mom came and kind of helped us clean up. Um, and that, I mean, he was here. I am thankful for a midwife that stayed when you were one centimeters. I mean, they're not always going to be that patient or just thinking like you're a first time mom, you're only at one centimeter. I'll holler back, like checking in with you, but mm -hmm. like, I'm going to go home mm -hmm. and rest. And mm -hmm. she said, no, I'm going to stay. And I think yeah. it's because she could sense how you were feeling and that you were able to be more reassured by her mm -hmm. staying, even if it meant that you were in for a long haul, like the fact that she stayed in, um, right. It's not to say, and that's not wrong if she had left, right. It's still like, okay, you're still kind of early mm -hmm. in, it could take mm -hmm. a very long time, especially for first time right. um, parent. And then the other thing I was thinking about was when your sister came into your birth space, she was so respectful, Shandell. I mean, just like the, no, I mean, really, <laughs> because we're so used to people really not having boundaries. Like she knew how you felt about mm -hmm. how you wanted your birth to be. She could take account in that short amount of right. time, like, this isn't how she wants me to see her, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it was beautiful to me. That that moment was beautiful to me oh. of just saying, I'm going to give her this. Like, I'm not going to make her look me in the eyes because she's not sitting in that water like she said she was. Like, I'm going <laughs> like, <laughs> to look up. I'm going to give her this this moment, like this vulnerable moment of like, yeah, I'm still doing this home birth and we got that part of it, right? Um, but it does shift. It does change. Even if you have been at the hospital, that idea, these ideas and thoughts shift because your body's doing a new thing, like a very new thing. So, P's and Q's to all you and your family in like holding space for each other in a respectful and loving way. Like, Boundaries are broken every day. And I feel like that was, it speaks to me. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> I, I, you going through that part, I was like, that's, I hope everybody listening about how you walk into spaces when that wasn't the plan. <laughs> like you have to, again, it goes back to like you being introspective about like how I'm showing up 
um, for this person. Yes. Like, yeah, that, that was, that was really beautiful. Um, and Danielle, I'm just, as a person who's also had home births, I really appreciate, um, your story. Like, even though it wasn't what you had planned it to look like, I think we, that many people, um, based on like, you know, these, reels that we see and all this conversation of bringing home births back, which is like, yes, like that is if, you know, if that is what works for you, please um, let that be your route and let you envision it to be this way. But like your story is also what home birth can look like, Um, that it isn't always being in a tub. Um, it isn't always being able to, to work through your hypnobirthing. Sometimes it's you shifting to all curse words, even though you were like, yes, I'm going to be deep in it. That <laughs> like this is home birth too. It's also messy. It's also raw. It's also um requires another part of yourself that um you've never seen before or other people haven't seen before. Um that's home birth. Like that's the this is birth, right? It just happens to be at your home. It's definitely not the videos on Instagram <laughs> she was sending me. <laughs> Wasn't those. <laughs> and again, like, you know, those are like the tw- like 30, I don't even know how long reels are, a minute. That's a minute of somebody's entire birth, yeah. right? Like all these beautiful pictures and these beautiful like videos, which are I mean, so great that we now have all this imagery, but like that doesn't show yeah. all the rest of it. Um, you're not getting those accounts. So I'm just, yeah, really thankful for you for sharing your experience because- that's home birth. Like th- it, this is birth and it can look like this. And that's especially for people that want to birth at home and they're like, oh, I can't get all this stuff. Like you don't need any stuff other than that list that that midwife gives you. The and that tub oil. is not on it. Okay. <laughs> the olive oil. <laughs> the never ending flow from Elijah I think she still himself. still has the same oil. <laughs> like a miracle bottle yo midwives in their bags like she put out a whole catheter so don't play what with else him. does she have in that car exactly. what else was in her car uh, so um walk us through the early parts of your your well actually before we even get there um and, you know, just based on like conversations with your husband, like, but what were some of the thoughts, like, if you all had a chance to reflect between each other about that experience? Because I think, like you said, you had also planned with him what things would look like, and they took a complete shift. And he read the one to two chapters of the book. So you might have missed that some of this is possible. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think maybe being less prepared than I was, was a great for him. One of my main takeaways or things that I tell people about a home birth now is that the partner is highly involved. He was there every step of the way. Like when she was putting in the catheter, he was there helping. Cause once again, she did not have her assistant, which I later learned um, was because she was sick and she wasn't going to bring that into the environment. So he was literally there like hands on assisting with every part of the birth. And he handled it with so much um, compassion and empathy. And he was, amazing like honestly I feel like this is like one of the like an absolute shining moment for him and for in our relationship his contribution to the birth and I've told him that over and over again like I I did not expect that and he showed up in every way possible I witnessed that when I was in the room and I saw another side of him that I'd never seen before and to just be able to see him and the way he responded to her and was supporting her. Like she said, you know, I had my kids in the hospital. Dad doesn't do anything. Dad, you know, rubs my back, plays with my hair, like just chilling there. But he just got to be so immersed in the whole situation that I just watched in awe. Like, wow, you really don't get to see this and experience this. But he was truly phenomenal during that time that I got to spend in the room with him. And that also goes back to, you know, like you said, at home births, once the midwife leaves, it's up to like all those checks that the nurses 
are doing at the hospital, like that's their role and the partner's role, right? Mm -hmm. um, with a home birth, it's like, yeah, you're in charge now of making mm -hmm. sure the uterus is still doing what it's supposed to do, that vitals still sound good. And, you know, midwives do a great job of providing all that information, but you do depend on your partner or your support person to, to make sure that all is well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So with that, though, um, what was early postpartum like for you? And then where are you with postpartum now? Yeah, early postpartum. Physically, I felt okay. I guess I expected myself to heal much faster. But then at a later appointment, my midwife told me, you know, it takes two years for the body to truly heal from birth. And I took that to heart. And now I feel like even every month I feel better. Um, where I, I did not expect to, for it to take this long, but hearing her say that made me realize like my body went through a lot and I need to give it time. Um, mentally early postpartum, I was traumatized, um, pretty early on. I threw everything away. My mom, when she was helping clean up the day of the birth, she brought the pool to me and said, do you want to save this for next time? I don't know if she was joking or not, but I was like, no, I, I do not want to see that. Like, please throw it away. Um, even though, you know, I like to like I think about the earth and I should be like reusing these things. I do want to have another kid, but I was like, I just can't. I literally cannot look at anything that was used in the birth. And even now, sometimes I still have those thoughts. Um, I, I take a shower and sometimes I'm replaying the scene of me being in the shower um, during the birth. And that has been, um, it's been difficult. And that's also something I did not expect to happen as a result of a home birth. You never leave the space. So I feel like it's staying with me a little bit longer opposed to a hospital room that I forget what it exactly looked like and what it exactly smelled like because this is my home. Um, so I've definitely been working through that. Now I'm able to kind of look back and kind of, you know, laugh at some of these things, talk about my talk about it with my sister. But it still it stayed with me and I'm reminded of it every day because this is our home. Um, otherwise, I mean, we've been very grateful. We've had lots of help. We have our village. I was off work for almost four months, which I was grateful for. I feel like I really got to, you know, bond with my baby and kind of, um, I say kind of because we're still figuring it out every day, but um, yeah, so we just learn what it means to be, you know, a new mom. That's real. Um, about, I mean, it's a testament to just how birth, your birth lives with you, right? Um, like being those, mo like the connections of being in the shower or if like if you have certain smells brings you back to that space. Um and so I do, I do hope that you continue to find the healing um, and giving yourself grace as you work through um, the parts of the, the birth that were, that, that, that have felt traumatic for you, for sure. Because um, like you said, yeah, when you're at home, it's a constant reminder of that experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful parts, all of it um, are with you. So I, I do hope you are, are giving yourself grace as you are working through it, for sure. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners, whether it be about your birth or any resources or advice? I think through it all, my biggest takeaway, um, I guess what I would tell someone else is, you know, have a plan, know what you want, know what you don't want, but also be open-minded. Um, you never really know what's going to happen and it is out of our control. So I think being in that middle ground between, you know, having something established, but then being open-minded so that if it goes a different way, you're able to accept that. Um, and then I think I mentioned these, but my two sort of main things I didn't know before having a home birth is one, that amazing opportunity for involvement of the partner. And then um, two, just knowing that um, you know, it's your space, so it stays with you, which I think can be, um, can be difficult, but also, of course, I love the fact that my son was born here at home. I'm so thankful for y'all today. 
so thankful um a lot of really good lessons learned from today so i'm just i'm i'm grateful um come on sister i'm just listen tell everybody go listen to this episode if you want to know how you walk into a space <laughs> this is gonna be a whole webinar okay <laughs> We have to invite you back for just an episode just about that. How to show up. Were you invited to the party? What did you bring? What did you bring? I'm thankful for your vulnerability too, Danielle. I mean, just like even in those spaces when you said like, this is not what I was hoping for. I feel embarrassed or disappointed. Um, But then still overcoming, right? At no point did you just say, let's go to the hospital, right? I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I need that to sit with you, mm-hmm. is that you still push through that and you still stuck to it. Um, but mm-hmm. I appreciate the vulnerability because people do get too far in and they don't know when to say like, okay, maybe this isn't working. But that you said, you know, this isn't it exactly, but it's still what I want and we're still here and this and it worked. It did work. It did. It has been um, interesting, I guess, to say the least, to share my story. And I thank you guys so much for this platform. I wish I would have found um, your podcast when I was pregnant, but I found it after. But better late than never. Um, but I think it's amazing that you provide space for women to be able to share these stories also as a part of their healing, because I'm a firm believer that by, you know, sharing my story, it'll help me kind of move, move past that trauma as well. Well, We are so happy you found, like you said, it, it comes when you need it, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It comes when you need it. So we are just truly, truly grateful. listening to birth stories in color to hear this show and other episodes head to birthstoriesincolor.com